You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast. I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so does not cost you a single cent and ensures you never miss another episode. Before we kick off tonight's podcast, I do want to give you a shout out to one of our other really great podcasts that I think you'll love. They've got an excellent top 50 NHL players list that has finally concluded as of today. We have gone through uh, several weeks of the top 50 players in the NHL, including snubs and everyone in between. You can find out who we ranked on the top 50 players list by subscribing to Locked On NHL. Make sure to tune in to hear Joe DiBiase, Mike DiStefano, and Rachel Dunham reveal our top 50 players list as voted on by our local experts from across the Locked On NHL podcast network. Subscribe to the Locked On Show on YouTube and turn your notifications on so that you never miss another show. That actually brings me to tonight's podcast episode. I wanted to talk about uh, this top 50 list and the final rankings 10 through 1 and then give some overall impressions from trends that I noticed, maybe some thoughts on the rankings themselves. Did I agree with a lot of them? Did I disagree with a lot of them? And generally what my thoughts and feelings were. So without further ado, let's start off at number 10. Coming in at 10th overall, we have David Pasternak of the Boston Bruins. Now, this selection is a little bit interesting. Pasternak, I think, is one of those players that, quite honestly, a lot of people know is really good, but maybe don't recognize at times just how good he is. When it comes to naturally gifted goal scorers, very few players do it as well as Pasternak can, but he's also an immensely great creator. You know, in terms of understanding his positioning on the ice, setting up his teammates, gliding past defenders and getting into position, using that extra little bit of stick handling to get by a defender and create a one-on-one matchup nightmare, Pasternak really has it all. He's probably one of the most dynamic attackers I've gotten to watch over the past couple of years, and even though I don't watch him often, when I do, he just always seems to stand out. Pasta is easily one of my favorite players out there. His release and upper body strength are both kind of freakish, and he has this really easy ability to just sort of glide past defenders. I feel like it's the acceleration off of his stride and really his spatial awareness and really high-end attacking IQ. He understands when a defender is going to commit to him a little bit too aggressively, he pinches in, and then he goes for the kill by attacking the net. So overall, Pasternak at 10th overall, you know, maybe he's a little bit higher than some other players on the list. There are a couple of guys that I might rank above him, but certainly being in the top 15 or top 20 players, I feel like that's very fair. And our network actually had him ranked around 16.8. So the next couple of rankings, they were very close in that 11 to 15 or 16 range from the voting, which kind of tells you a lot of people had very split opinions. Some people probably had him closer to 20. Some probably had him closer to the top 10. I'm sure that trying to evaluate such a great player was a bit of a mess. Uh, And then the guy above him at ninth overall is actually a little bit surprising. This one is Kale McCarr from the Colorado Avalanche. I like McCarr a lot. I think that he could be a really dynamic attacker and certainly one of the most active mobile defenders out there. But I feel like McCarr's game for me isn't quite there yet in terms of being like the fully complete D. He's actually taken a lot of really big strides, and I think this season especially was one of big growth for him. But calling him a top 10 NHL talent right now might be a little bit much for me. Top 30, certainly. I I would think that that's probably a pretty fair ranking. But 
top 10 would be a little bit far-fetched for me. I think he still has a lot of room to grow, and there are a couple of parts of his game that he's still working on. Overall, Makar is definitely like an offensive powerhouse, and I, I definitely could see why people thought that he was like a top 10 player. But if you're going to be ranked in this this level of player, I feel like you kind of need to have the impact of somebody like Eric Carlson during his prime. And while Makar does a lot of the really strong things, especially offensively, that maybe Carlson would have been known for back in the day, there are some areas that he needs to work on that I think just keep him a little bit further down the list for me. He certainly has the potential to be a truly top-flight NHLD, and in a lot of categories he already is. There's just a couple of other elements that I think he needs to work on to really take that next step. And likewise, the guy ranked above him, another defender, Victor Hedman. I feel like Hedman a couple of years ago was probably top 10, but as Victor has kind of aged a bit, I feel like his overall game, especially defensively, has taken a bit of a step back. Offensively, he's still very gifted. He's got a booming shot. He's like a tower of strength and possession, which is very good for getting down low and creating lots of really highly dangerous chances. But Hedman, you know, he's, he's getting towards his 30s. He's probably at the stage where you start to see diminishing returns and your decline is, at this point, inevitable. He has been kind of tailing off over the past couple of years, even though his point scoring still looks really immaculate. And like, I like Hedman a lot. I think his game is very good, and especially for a guy who just constantly bombs it from all sorts of areas on the ice, I feel like he's got a great shot, and certainly he draws a lot of attention to himself. But yeah, I think his best days are probably behind him. I don't think that he's really capable of being the elite offensive and and defensive talent that he used to be. That said, he always looks very flashy, and I feel like that flashiness tends to perhaps oversell his ability at times. It's not like he can't be a game changer at at times, especially when he finally gets a really good step on the net or, or finds a really good shooting lane. But for the most part with Hedman... You know, you're looking at a guy who's probably not making a tremendous impact on the ice, except for using his great physical strength and size to sort of box out opponents and bomb them from the point. Other than that, I think Hedman is kind of at the stage where you can tell he's slowing down and maybe his role is starting to change. They have a lot of really active blue liners on Tampa Bay right now, so Hedman doesn't have to do quite as much heavy lifting as he used to. I feel like that distribution of ice time and stuff should honestly give him a little bit more of a breather and maybe make his next couple of seasons a bit more graceful. He is 30 at this stage, and you know a lot of these guys at this point with the really intensive games that they play, and especially Hedman, he's a very tall, very physical defender, you know, that does start to take a toll on your body. So if he can find a way to sort of maximize his impact, especially defensively, and maybe change his game kind of like Bufflin did, I feel like that would do wonders for him being able to influence the ice a lot more and actually get into this top 10 ranking. As it is, though, I I might even put him like probably somewhere in the 40 to 50 range, maybe even outside the top 50. I would honestly say outside the top 50, but I know his reputation always seems to carry him. So to avoid people yelling at me, I'll just do this to satisfy you. My personal feeling is he should be pretty far down this list, but a lot of people still see the old headman at times and think that that's the version that we still have today, which in certain areas, yes, but overall, no. Funny enough, there is another Tampa Bay player ranked just above Hedman, and this guy at number 7, I think you'll recognize, and I think you'll agree with this ranking. We'll talk about him in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I did want to tell you a little bit about BetOnline.ag and why they should be the only place to do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should put your trust in BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action coming up. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. 
Go to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. For brand new customers using promo code NFL100, they can take advantage of their opening day super promo where you can make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the Super Bowl champ Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. Even if you lose, you'll be refunded up to $25 on your wager. What's not to love? From football, basketball, boxing, and more, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. And as always, don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 100% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV all together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract whatsoever. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Go to directtv.com for more information. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are reviewing the NHL uh, top 50 players as voted on by the Locked on NHL podcast network. I've had plenty of thoughts over the past couple of weeks about some of our picks. Maybe I don't always agree with the rankings and all that. But now we have finally gotten to the top 10 list, and this part should probably be one of the easier ones, and yet even now we still see a couple of controversial rankings. At number 7th though, this one probably isn't as crazy for a lot of people. This is Nikita Kucherov. And look, no matter what you're into, whether it's underlying stats or just observing a player and trying to watch their performance on the ice, Kucherov always seems to pass the test no matter what. The only thing he's really struggled with over the past couple of years is his defensive back tracking and marking and stuff, but aside from that, I mean Kucherov, when he's in possession, he's honestly one of the most dangerous players that you'll ever see. His shot is elite, his vision is elite, his edge work is is maybe not quite as dominant as some people would like, but for Kucherov, that's never really been a problem, even if his stride doesn't get to like the top gear of a McDavid or something, Kucherov's ability to navigate in between defenders to cut inside and find the most dangerous shooting areas on the ice remains pretty much unmatched. He's just unbelievably good at getting the puck on net no matter what it takes, whether it's using his own stick or somebody else's. And I think that that's something that a lot of people maybe don't appreciate with him, is that by virtue of being anywhere near his teammates, he becomes the most dangerous threat on the ice. You know, this guy, with his vision and his ability to get in between defenders and find gaps for shooting lanes, it just makes him a natural predator for goals. And it's why he's been such a productive member of the Lightning for many seasons. That he's, I believe, uh, had the scoring race lead several times throughout his career. It just shows that he's really a dominant attacker. And he understands how to get in between, how to get under your skin. And he's kind of a dirty player, to be honest. I mean, he gets away with a lot of really nasty slashes. He's a very physical guy. It kind of reminds me of like a much smaller Ovechkin in a lot of ways. You know, Ovi kind of runs over people and sometimes it's not really legal. But Kucherov is one of those guys who's probably somewhere in the Marshan mold, but maybe not quite as open and abrasive. Instead, he just sort of swears you out after slashing your wrist or whatever. All that said, it's very much a part of the, the game that he's developed, and certainly a lot of people you know, love watching him and love that, that edge that he has because it, it just gets married to this elite offensive ability, and it makes Kucherov 
this guy that's really hard to ignore on the ice, which opens up a lot of great scoring opportunities for the rest of his amazing teammates. The player ranked ahead of Kucherov at number 6th is somebody else who probably has some of those same characteristics, although maybe not quite as edgy and physical. This is Artemi Panarin, and if you've ever watched Panarin, you understand that this guy... He's got an unbelievable ability to attack space. He knows where he needs to be on the ice at all times. He's always in good receiving positions. He's got a great, great shot. His passing and vision are elite. His skating is excellent. He's just a really well-balanced winger and somebody who, quite honestly, again, you can't really leave unmarked on the ice. His ability to slip between defenders, beat guys off the off the acceleration and maybe an overcommitment, and the strength of his release just makes him a really well-rounded offensive threat. And, uh, you know, at times he's been one of the most dominant players in the NHL. We might be starting to see uh, an early start to his decline over the next couple of seasons. I think he's at the age where this is probably a little bit past his peak, but while he's still performing at this level, the Rangers are going to be very happy to have him. Even though his on-ice impacts might have taken a bit of a dip ever since he left Columbus, he's still an elite offensive talent, he's still got a great shot and great vision, and I think he'll continue to produce for the next couple of years. The last player we're going to get to for now is one that doesn't really need any introduction. If you have grown up with hockey over the past decade and a half, you already know Sidney Crosby is the guy. He's the kid. He's the one that everyone turns to when all hope is lost for the Penguins. And while Sidney is definitely on the wrong side of 30 at this stage, he's still such a really impactful player. When he steps on the ice, you know, the entire ice really tilts towards the Penguins. You can't get the puck off of him, and he loves to forecheck down low and create absolute havoc near the goal mouth. This guy just seemingly understands space and offensive situations at a level that very few other players could even dream of. But he's also been blessed with an extremely strong body and one that's able to box out opponents, get into the forechecking areas, and force turnovers to open up better scoring areas for him. And then he pulls off some ridiculously unbelievable goal that only he could pull off because of his hand-eye coordination married to the freakish upper body strength that he has. The amount of times that Crosby has like one-handed a puck past a goalie is just unbelievably insane. And while his offensive impacts maybe have declined a bit, he's still one of the most dominant two-way centers in the NHL. His ability to completely shut down the ice and control the tempo of the game is still something that's very much a Crosby staple. And I think it's going to be a while before we really see him fall off. Even though his defensive game over the past couple of seasons has gone up and down at random intervals, overall, I mean, you're still getting a clearly great, great, great number one C and somebody who seemingly has managed to defy time for now. So long as he continues to perform for Pittsburgh, that team will always be a playoff threat. Crosby has been able to elevate everyone around him, and behind their coaching staff, I mean, that team is still a monster. Crosby has defied father time. Malkin is still very productive. That's a really good core. And then you've got, you know, some of the younger guys who are still in their primes, like Jake Gensel and the rest. Crosby coming in at fifth overall on this list, not too bad. I would say that that's... Even if his on-ice impacts might not look as strong as they used to, I still think that this ranking for me personally is pretty okay. It's maybe a tiny bit higher than what he should be at this stage of his career, but he's still so, so good. This last group of four players only has one real controversial player, and we'll talk about who that is in just a moment. Before then, though, I thought you should know about why rockauto.com should be the only place you buy your auto parts. There are literally thousands and thousands of vehicles out there, and it's really hard for auto parts stores to keep up stocking parts, accoutrements, and everything in between. You might stand in line for 15, 20, maybe even 30 minutes waiting for your chance to buy the part that you need and you find out they don't even have it in stock. 
If you want to save time and money, then just go to rockauto.com instead. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use, intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, and then set a price range filter so you always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you can save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. So why shop anywhere else? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Built Bar often releases very special limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good. So stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are wrapping up our analysis of the uh, NHL Top 50 Players list as voted on by our Locked on NHL Podcast Network hosts. And now it is time for the final four rankings. And at number four overall, we have Leon Dreisaitl. You know, Dreisaitl for me is basically German Mark Scheifele. I think they have a lot of the same strengths and weaknesses. Both are individually incredible scorers. They have elite offensive talent. They have really strong edge work, great vision, uh, unbelievable wristers and, and fantastic shooting, great passing. And it's clear that they are elite offensive talents, but when it comes to the overall two-way impact on the game, especially on the defensive side of things, both players really struggle. I think it's for different reasons, though. Shifley doesn't really seem to do much and, and doesn't really try to backtrack or anything like that. I don't know if Dreisaitl is the same way. Maybe he actually tries to get in position, but he's just not really good at it. Either way, to have him ranked at fourth overall, for me, it's just not really accurate. I would probably put him more in like the 21 to 30 range, especially over the past year or so. I think he's still a really good talent, and certainly he's racked up crazy amounts of points, whether playing alongside McDavid or somebody else or on the power play. Whatever it is, Dreisaitl's very good at scoring. It's one of his best traits, but it's just not really at a level where I put him in the top five of the NHL, because the guys ahead of him at number three include Austin Matthews, then at number two, Nathan McKinnon, and at number one, Connor McDavid. These top three are basically the exact same rankings that I had. I had McKinnon at, you know, number two overall behind McDavid and Matthews right behind McKinnon. All three players in their own way just dominate on the ice, especially down low and really in transition. McKinnon is is absolutely electric in space. Matthews is a physical bully and a great shooter down low, especially when he's between the faceoff circles. And what do you even have to say about McDavid at this point? The dude is literally superhuman. He has carried half of Edmonton's offense at times, and I, I'm not even kidding, literally half of their offense. It's unbelievable how much he contributes. It's it's really, I would say the only thing that we've seen that's close to what McDavid can do, especially in the shifts that he gets, is like Lionel Messi from Barca, and, and really the Messi over the past couple of years where Barca has honestly fallen off a lot. That's the kind of caliber of player that we're talking about with McDavid, and it's really crazy that 
he has carried so much of this team's baggage, and yet they still can't really do anything with it. I feel like they're wasting his best years, and honestly, I don't know what McDavid is going to do. But if you're asking me, like, you're looking at this list of top five players, right, and you're thinking, is Dreisaitl really fit to be in this top five of this this list of players? I don't feel it is. I feel like there are guys who I'd have above him. You know, Braden Point for me is one of them. Maybe some of the other players like Barzal or Petrshon, depending on uh, what you're looking for, especially in two-way impacts. But overall, I mean, like, the top three list is very sensible. This year, though, I feel like this entire list from from top to bottom was very vet-heavy in a lot of areas where I was kind of surprised. There was a preference for a lot of guys who are are name-brand, very well-known players, but in my honest opinion, have significantly declined over the past several years. I will say that in defense of the rankings, a lot of the voting kind of happened to a point where you had a lot of very split votes, but thanks to us having to use a very matter-of-fact ranking system, it actually looks a lot more discreet and concrete than it honestly was. So a lot of the players were probably ranked a bit lower than you would think from just me telling you what the actual ranking was. Some of them, though, not really low enough. You know, Patrick Kane came in at 25th overall, and he had, like, an average vote of somewhere around 27 to 28. And then, you know, Patrice Bergeron at 27th overall, he had an average ranking of 29.3. So you kind of get the sense that a lot of these players maybe were, I would say, a little bit ranked above where you would expect. But based on the voting that a lot of our hosts gave, maybe not as far up based on the uh, the ranking system that we used. And I don't know about all of these veterans who are probably past their primes. You know, Alexander Ovechkin is not really a top 15 player anymore. Top 15 goal scorer? Sure. But top 15 player? Probably not. Is Patrick Kane a top 25 player? No. Same kind of category as Ovechkin. Top 25 scorer, not a top 25 player. And I think that that sort of stratification for me continues to be why this list is very weird. There's a lot of very good players, but a lot of the best ones kind of got put towards the bottom. And a lot of the players who are probably you know, several years ago, top 50 players or top 25 or whatever ranking you're talking about, those guys maybe were up there at one point, but right now, probably not. And uh, the preference towards the vets over some of the younger players, I find very interesting. That is a split that continues to be a, a presence when it comes to hockey fans in general, but at least Dougie Hamilton got in the top 25. He definitely deserved it. We see a, a nice shot for Connor Hellebuck at 20th overall, even if arguably he could be a bit higher and I don't think anyone would really complain. Uh, but, you know, not seeing Andre Kopitar up there, Maybe even Sean Couturier missing was pretty surprising. Nikolai Ehlers not getting in, also pretty surprising. Just a lot of very interesting players that I'm surprised people don't really seem to recognize. It might just be the markets that they're playing in. But whatever the case may be, I would love to hear your thoughts on our top 50 NHL rankings. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets where you can give your feedback and maybe I'll discuss it on one of our future podcasts. For tonight's show, that is going to do it though. Before you log off, don't forget to check out our Locked on Bets podcast. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by BetOnline.ag wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!